0: Hey, this is Pastor Spencer Graham, and you're listening to Unfiltered, the podcast. Unfiltered. Not modified, not processed, or not refined. Lacking a filter. Unedited and authentic truth. This is Unfiltered. Well, hey there, everybody! I want to welcome you back to another episode of Unfiltered, the podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Spencer Graham, and I just want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to some previous episodes, you have you can find those on all of your well, I won't say all, but you can find them on 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 some of the main uh, podcast outlets. While well, we're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, Amazon Prime Player as well, so you can check that out there at your convenience. I've had the opportunity to have some incredible uh, guests who are on the podcast just to share their heart and share awesome things that are happening and their part of the world with uh, life and uh, ministry and just uh, doing awesome things for God and for the kingdom. So you can check those out. And I believe one of my uh, latest episodes—I didn't have anybody on that episode. It was just called "Secrets from Scripture." And that's what I'm going to be doing again tonight. I'm uh, recording this on Friday, August 27th. It's evening time at my home in or- in the Orlando area. And there's just a lot of things happening in the world right now, a lot of uncertainty and chaos. There's uh, uh, unrest in the Middle East right now. There are just things happening all over the world, things on the news, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic is still going on. Just depending on where you're at, certain places are more locked down than others. But I just wanted to start this episode off with just a reminder: just to continue to pray for Afghanistan, and if you're uh, if you're American, just continue to pray, and even if you're not American, just continue to pray for all the the uh, uh, the soldiers over there and and the U.S. armed forces and. Uh, other nations of the world they have their armed forces on the ground in Afghanistan i believe the last i heard there was anywhere between 10,000 and 40,000 americans that were trapped over in afghanistan so we want to just continue to pray for them as well as there are thousands and maybe even hundreds of thousands of allies of of the americans who are over there who are being executed and persecuted and as well as thousands of Christian believers that belong to the the network of underground uh, churches in Afghanistan. And just what that word underground means, it just basically means that they are not able to publicly live their life for Jesus for fear of being executed and killed by the Taliban and ISIS and other Islamic uh, extremists. Uh, groups. and so they are over there now literally preparing to you know to see Jesus face to face because they chose to you know to attend their underground church and to you know to profess their faith in Jesus and and, and and in in the message of Christianity. So they are literally preparing to be martyred and and to be killed for refusing to deny Jesus. So we just want to pray for them. We want to pray for the the global church. Especially in other parts of the world, like China and North Korea, and other uh, uh, in other places where communism is is just running rampant, and and the church is being persecuted. So, just as you pray this week, just keep them in your prayers. I'd like to just encourage you for a few moments from the Word of God. I was, you'll have to forgive me, my mind is a little scattered. I was about halfway through recording this uh, podcast, and my. Uh, my podcast recorder actually uh, died. I'm uh, testing out some new equipment, so I hope it sounds all right to you guys who are listening. I'm using the Zoom PodTrack P4 uh, podcast interface for any of you guys out there who are interested in those kind of things. You can check that out and uh, tell me how you like it. So I hope it sounds all right. But I had the opportunity just a few days ago to teach at our uh, uh, midweek Service at my home church in the Orlando area, Life Church. It's in Eustis, Florida, and I taught from the Book of Exodus, chapter 33, just a just a little simple uh, Bible study. And I'll just read a few passages of Scripture and just leave you with a few encouraging points. And I want to close this episode out with just a quick word of prayer. In Exodus chapter 33, the Lord is having a conversation with Moses. He is. He has been the one that was chosen to lead uh, uh to lead the people of Israel out of Egyptian slavery, and they were supposed to go from is from from Egypt right in, right into the promised land, the land that the Lord had promised to Abraham and to his descendants and because of Israel's sin and their perpetual habits of rebelling against the commandment of god and 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 the word of the Lord the Lord became very angry with them and he's he's just kind of uh, fed up with, with their actions and how they're living their life. And so he has a conversation with Moses in Exodus chapter 33, where he pleads with God not to take his presence away from them and not to send them without his presence. And so the Lord comes to an agreement with Moses and he says in verse 19 of Exodus chapter 33, and God said, I will make All my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. And the Lord said to Moses, You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. And verse 21, the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me, and you shall stand there on the rock. I wish I had time to preach that. I wish I was in... In a Pentecostal church with a Hammond B3 organ, uh, I could really preach that part right there. We know that Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He's, He is uh, the cornerstone that the builders rejected. He is the very foundation of our faith. And so the Lord says to Moses, I will put you in the cleft of the rock. I will protectively cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And I, I just want to draw my attention for the next few moments on verse 23. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. My face shall not be seen. Another translation, the Lord tells Moses, you will see my backside. And so I just uh, came up with this little title. I know I'm probably not the first one to ever preach this, but I just entitled this little Bible study called The Backside of God. What do you do When God turns on you? I know that question is a little bit counterintuitive. We teach in the household of faith and in Christianity that uh, God is always with us. He's omnipresent. His promises say that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I do believe all, all of those things. I believe that His presence is always with us, that He's always leading and He's always guiding us. There's a difference in his omnipresence, which means he's everywhere at all times. And I do believe that. But there's a difference in his omnipresence and his manifest presence. When he chooses to make his presence known and to reveal himself to us. uh, What do we do when it seems like God has turned on us? I can only imagine that there may be a few... A thousand believers in other parts of the world, specifically right now in Afghanistan and the Middle East, where they may be asking themselves that question: What? What do I do? Because it seems like God has turned on me. It seems like God has abandoned me. And that's kind of what we read from Exodus chapter thirty-three, verse twenty-three, when God tells Moses, "I'm going to take my hand away, and I've already passed by you." and you shall not see my face, but I'm going to make you look at my back. It appears as though God is turning his back on Moses. Um, the Bible is full of people who found themselves lonely and isolated and empty and broken and uh, in a desolate place and just desperate without the presence of a God. But if I could just leave you with a few uh, points of encouragement. I'm not going to uh, take a lot of your time on this this uh episode here but i just want to encourage those who may be listening who belong to the body of Christ and uh, maybe you're listening to this and and you just happen to stumble across this this uh uh broadcast i i just want you to know that jesus loves you and that his 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 uh children love you but i want to just encourage you what do we do when it feels like God has turned on us, when what He promised us looks nothing like what we're currently seeing, when the events of the world look nothing like what He prophesied and what what others have prophesied in His name and what, what He has declared over our lives. What do we do when our reality does not match what our expectation is uh, in the Lord? Well, we have to remember we have to encourage ourselves in this truth that no matter what my life looks like, no matter what my surroundings look like, that I will not allow my situation to distract me from my revelation. And I really don't have time to go into that. I would love to expound on that just a little more. But the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he that is in me. Than he that is in the world. That's talking about the Spirit of God living and indwelling on the inside of believers. That's Jesus in our hearts and uh, Jesus just filling our lives. Colossians 1.27 says that it's Christ in us, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that shows us two things there that even though I may arrive in a, in a physical location where it feels like God is nowhere, and His presence is not there. If I am a believer who is filled with the power of the Spirit, I have Christ on the inside of me. So wherever I show up, He is there with me, making anywhere I go a a place where the presence of God is there. That's number one. And number two, the last part of that verse says, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory, meaning that wherever I show up, no matter how hopeless and how desolate and how isolated, and how confusing, and chaotic, that when I show up, I bring His presence with me. Now that is a place where His presence has been made known, and not only that, but it now becomes a house of hope. It is the hope of glory, the hope for a brighter future, the hope for God to do something powerful, and I can't help but just want to pray, and to declare that over the people of Afghanistan right now, and uh those that are suffering over there um that uh it is Christ in them the hope of glory that 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 is giving them a hope for the future and a hope for for eternity to because that's what we're living for we are living to see Jesus face to face and uh so i just want to encourage you in that we have to ask ourselves can i trust god even when it feels like he turns his back on me um, I don't have time to go into all the things that I I have taught on this passage before or the things that I want to say, but I just, when I was uh, reading this a number of years ago, verse 23, it just jumped off the page, and I will remove my hand from you, is what the Lord says, and when you look at me, you will see my back, you will see my backside, you will see the back of me. Almost as if I am walking away from you, and in in our our times of desperation, it can feel hard to trust God when we can't see Him. Um, all of us all of us go through seasons and trials in life where uh, we hear God stronger in some places than we did in other places, and we experience His presence stronger in one place than than in another. But I would submit to you tonight as you're listening to this, I would encourage you in this. I believe, and this revelation just rocked my world, I believe that it's easier to trust God when He turns His back on me because it means one of two things. Whenever God turns His back on me, it's an invitation, not isolation. The Bible says that He takes us from glory to glory. And so the turning of God's back on on me when I feel like He's left me and I feel like He has turned on me. It's not Him putting me in isolation necessarily, but it's an invitation for us to walk in the Spirit, to walk after Him and to follow Him. It may just be that He is turning in an effort to invite us to follow Him. And here's two extremely important points about this passage because he just got done telling Moses, and I love this, because if you follow this narrative in Exodus and throughout the journey of uh, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, uh, starting with Exodus and then the next three books, those, those four books right there, In the opening section of the Bible is the journey of the Israelites from Egypt into the promised land. So they're in Exodus chapter 33 right now, not knowing the kinds of uh, uh, battles and struggles and the things that the enemy is going to come against them with. But I love this because God tells Moses in verse 20, "'You cannot see my face, for no man will see my face and live.'" Then he jumps down to verse 23 and says, When I take my hand away from you, you will see my backside. And here's what I got from that. If I can't see God's face and live, then my enemies certainly cannot see God's face and live. Meaning that when God turns his back on me, I have to realize it's not for isolation, but it's for invitation for me to follow after him. Because it means he's wanting to lead me somewhere fresh, somewhere new, to a place I've never been before, to heights I've never seen before. And that means that anything that tries to come against me and tries to attack me and tries to hurt me and to kill me, it means that as I'm staying behind the Lord, as I'm walking in the Spirit, as I am following after Him, anything that wants to come against me, to destroy me, to kill me, to intimidate me, anything that tries to come against me has to come face to face with God first. And if I can't see God's face and live, then my enemies cannot see God's face and live, meaning that there's nothing that can touch my life that has not already been allowed by God for me because I'm walking behind God. I'm following him. It looks as if he's turned his back on me, but he's actually not isolated me. He's invited me to follow him. Well, then you may ask me, you may say, ask Pastor Spencer, uh, what about an attack from the enemy from behind? Well, I've got good news for you, cause that's why the, uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, and I I believe it's the book of Psalms, I forgot the exact uh, scripture reference, but that's why we have goodness and mercy that walk behind us, that follow us all the days of our life. I believe it's Psalm 23. Uh, Goodness and mercy following us and coming behind us. So we are totally protected and surrounded by the presence of God, by the the omnipresence of God, by the power of God. So I submit to you as you're listening to this, whatever time it is, whatever uh, day you're listening to this, I just want to decree and declare over you that the best thing that God could ever do for you is to turn His back on you. The reason being is because He's just trying to let you know that if you will follow Him, Anything that tries to come against you will have to look him face to face, and no man can see the glory of God face to face and live. It's not a rejection but an invitation, and that that just encouraged me so strongly when i i I was reading that passage, and I'll just leave you with this last thing: the best thing about God turning on us is that whenever we get to where we're going he's already stepped there first. And yes, I know he's omnipresent. I know we've already talked about that. We've talked about his omnipresence being everywhere at the same time for all time, but in the sense of manifest presence, in the sense of leading of of him leading us and us walking after the Lord and following the Lord when God turns his back on us. And understand how I mean that. He will never turn away from us and reject us. But he told Moses, I will take my hand away from you. You will see my backside, but you shall not see my face. He's going to turn his back on Moses and walk away from Moses as an invitation for Moses to follow him. And as Moses follows him, the children of Israel will follow him. And when they get to the promised land, they will step foot in the promised land with the reassurance and the confidence of knowing that when they step there, God has already stepped there first. And every enemy that may try to come against them is already been met face to face with the Lord. And no man shall see the face of God and live. And I just declare that Over your life today, as you're listening, I I declare that God is for you. He is with you. He is fighting for you. He's already making ways and making provision. Um, And surely, goodness and mercy shall also follow you all the days of your life. So I decree and declare that over you. I declare God's best over you. I hope just that little small thought was encouraging Um, And I declare that over the global church today, the underground believers in communist China, in communist North Korea, in the Middle East right now, the underground church in Afghanistan, those that are being persecuted and um, martyred for their faith and who are literally prepared to meet Jesus face-to-face and to die at any moment and to wake up in eternity. I declare that over them, that God is with them. And even though they may be, uh persecuted right now there is we we have this hope that our momentary light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the to the the uh future weight of glory that shall be revealed in us and for us and through us and so as I close today I just want to encourage you just to share this episode with somebody I hope it can be an encouragement I hope it can just bless whoever listens to it that God is not turning on you but he's turning for you and he's fighting for you and I just want to pray uh, you know before we leave this this broadcast and just encourage you to pray so uh, like our podcast share it uh, put this content out there you know for those t- just to be encouraged and, and strengthened and and uh, and and just edified in the Lord. And so I look forward to more episodes with you and to just uh, getting back into the groove of podcasting and having some awesome guests on here. So that's going to be great. But I just want to bless you before we go. Father, I thank you for each and every person listening to this pro- to this uh, broadcast. I just ask that your Holy Spirit would comfort them, that they would know that you are not turning on them, but turning for them to work all things together for their good, because they are called and loved according to your purpose and your will. We lift up the underground church in Afghanistan right now, all of those that are in harm's way and that are in the way of danger, that what you don't carry them through, that you will be with them in the midst of it. Lord, I pray for peace in the Middle East and for comfort. Pray for all of those who were trapped there, that you would, that your Holy Spirit would just, would just uh, permeate them and would just uh, overflow them with peace and comfort and safety that only your spirit can bring, even in the midst of chaos. We give you the glory, the praise. We love you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Until next time, I bless you. May the Lord bless and keep you May make His face to shine upon you. I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Unfiltered. I hope that you were blessed, inspired, and changed by what you heard today. You can help spread the word about this podcast by following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Spencer D. And you can also go ahead and subscribe to Unfiltered, the podcast, so you can stay up to date with fresh content. God bless you, and keep it unfiltered.